0: Hello and welcome back to My Business Playbook. My name is Laura Higgins. If we are just meeting for the first time. Hi, so good to have you here. Today's episode is a winner. We are gonna be talking into all things personal branding. Now this episode is for you. If you have really wanted to double down on your personal brand, but you've needed a framework to follow to help you to do it, Like, so you're not just flying blind. And this is also for you if you have a personal brand, but you're not getting the cut through that you want. You're not getting seen by the right people or heard by the right people. So I want to introduce you to our guest. We are joined today by Matt Purcell. Matt is Australia's leading personal branding expert. He is the founder of many businesses, one of which is called Q Media. And Q is all about making what you stand for stand out out. So they help people to become more visible, credible, and relevant in their industry. Matt and his team have worked with some of Australia's leading entrepreneurs and brands. They've worked with Lane Beachley, Jack DeLosa, uh, Guy Sebastian, just to name a few. Seriously, This guy is connected and he knows how to build a personal brand that stands out, that becomes magnetic. So if you've ever wanted to double down on your personal brand and like side note, if you are a service provider and if you run a business in 2023, you are building a personal brand. So if you want to do it and if you want to do it with a strategy and with intentionality, you're going to love this conversation. So let's dive in to my chat with the wonderful Matt Purcell. Well, Matt Purcell, my friend, (laughs) I am so excited to be hanging out with you today. And it's so wild because we are both from Newcastle and you also went to Warners Bay High and I went to Warners Bay High. And I feel I I actually don't know what year you finished, and you don't have to say it, but I feel like maybe you had finished maybe just before I was started there. I don't know. But it feels like a weird, wild, small world, and I'm so happy to be chatting with you today.
1: Yeah, I'm stoked to be in Newcastle. Represent, like, look at oh, how far yeah. we've come from <laughs> from this steel back city. Now it's a, it's a fishbowl, and We call it newy, if you don't know where Newcastle. Is. <laughs> yeah. But if you escape Newcastle and you, you do some things outside of it, it's, a, it's quite an achievement. So. Go
0: ask, Laura. <laughs> totally. <laughs> my family uh, regularly say, Newy till you're dead. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, it just so happens that my husband and I are in Sydney now. Um, but it is always good going back to Newcastle. It's mm. always good um, going agree. home. There's nothing quite like it. Like the the beaches around Newcastle are like my favorite. And now when we go back, it's like we're kind of there a little bit on holidays. It feels yeah. like, and so mm-hmm. it it's actually really fun because you can kind of, you, you're kind of a little tourist again. And so, yeah, it's a cool vibe. So Newcastle represent, I love meeting other people from Newcastle and, you know, seeing other people from Newcastle doing epic things. Now, I want to chat with you today about personal branding because you are mm. the pro at all things personal branding. I love your content. I love the way that you show up online, you have this really kind of magnetic presence online. And I know that you also not only are like teaching people, hey, like this is this is how to kind of build a really epic personal brand. You also have your agency, which helps people to like and helps businesses and brands to really cut through and to show up in a really powerful way. So I feel like you, not only are you teaching the thing, but you're actually kind of walking the walk as well. So give us like a little 30 second rundown of what you do and and how everything kind of works.
1: Yeah, well, I think the question that everyone needs to ask themselves is why the hell should anyone listen to them? Like why should anyone pay attention to you versus their competitors? And that's a brutal question but that's the reality where we're at. some of our businesses if you're a business your competitors offer the same or similar services you do maybe there's a little bit of disparity with price but you can't just compete on price you can't just I literally I've done experiments where I've done um one one video went kind of viral where I went to different pubs and asked them well what's the difference between your pub and that pub across the road and they offer the same schnitzel <laughs> similar price <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah, so at face value most people remain invisible and don't scale their business or get their story out there because they fail to be able to articulate themselves better and talk about themselves well. So personal branding Mm. is not about vanity, it's about survival now. For an employee, an employer, for business, you have to find a way to find your story and find it a a match for the marketplace to survive and thrive.
0: I love that. And I love that you said it's not about vanity, it's about survival because – That to me, as someone who like is in the marketing space and works with a lot of service providers and a lot of like personal brands in a lot of ways, the thing that I'm finding that I'm having to coach people on often is, hey, like you are building a personal brand, whether you like it or not, that that you have to be because we have AI, we have all this noise (laughs) online. And if you don't have a unique perspective if you don't have a voice, if you don't have an angle, it, it really becomes easy for you to get lost in a sea of sameness. So, give us a little bit of context because you have been you've built so many businesses in your journey, and I'd love to know, like, how did you arrive at the point where you are today?
1: Yeah, I, I originally started as a musician, as you would have known in Newcastle, Matt would have yeah. been pitch it as a guy holding a guitar or yeah. you know, just rocking out. And I did not know that at the time being a musician and trying to be trying at gigs and, and until with bigger artists that I was developing a marketing side of my brain because you have to pitch all the time. You have to get rejected all the time because there is a huge competition in that scene. And it wasn't until about uh, no, I was mid-20s where I realized – out of all the things I've done up to this point, I'd been a musician, I started a music school, sold a music school, I had multiple staff, and I didn't see myself as a business owner. I saw myself as a creative who just did something to support himself on the side. And I realized actually out of all the things that helped me get to where I am, I always marketed and told my story. And that was the difference. It wasn't – there was a competency level we all have to be at. We have to be good enough. You have to be Mm. skilled to pay the bills. But what actually got you over the line chosen are the things that – we call them soft skills, but I hate soft skills because that's the opposite of hard. It's like implies that you're a wimp or something. It's yeah. the thing of being likable and think of being reliable and rocking up on time. Just because you're a good good uh, technician doesn't mean mean you're going to rock up on time or be reliable all the time. So you got to place that that emotional gut feeling people have of a brand or a person is what a brand is it's like when you mention someone's name like a real estate agent or a service provider or something there's a gut feeling that comes to your mind if you've heard of them oh yeah they're cheap or they're reliable oh they'll do that's that's really important Mm -hmm. so relationships are really important so I realized at a young age marketing was really important and being likable is very important and attention is really important in order to get that I have to be seen I have to be heard to be chosen that's very simple.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. And so I love the distinction between being seen and being heard because I think there is so much noise and there is so, it can feel a bit like, particularly with social media and, and creating content, it can feel a little bit like a race to the bottom, like we're all mm. trying to go viral. We're all trying to like, it's. it <laughs> feels like we're trying to hook people, we're trying to dupe people into engaging with us. And, and it can feel a little bit clickbaity. And I feel like the more that we start to actually understand, okay, well, what are my unique abilities? What are my unique characteristics just as a person? How how can I show up differently? How can I amplify those things that make me different? That's when we can start to see more traction. So I'd love to know, you know, you've built this incredible brand. You've built this incredible following. If you look at your audience, if you look at how you've built this, are there any things that stand out as like, oh, by doing that, that caused everything to skyrocket? Is there, is there anything you can pinpoint as that was where things started to shift? That's where my following started to grow. That's where I started to get more confident.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Back on what you said there too, Laura, was really good about feeling like there's a, a trend or a need to you know, clickbait people into something. Mm. I like the idea of humanizing people. So in marketing land or in business land, you can very much dehumanize an audience and say, oh, this age demographic or this percentage of people from this country. It's like, well, let's think about psychology again and think about what it takes for a human being to remember somebody. How many times does it take to remember you versus mm. just forget you? And there's research from Professor Dunbar that suggests that it takes about 8 to 10 hours for a person to become an acquaintance from a stranger. So if you're a stranger, wow. it takes 8 to 10 hours to become a, a, an acquaintance. So content is a really great way to be able to accumulate those hours in people's minds to be able to put trust into you and and to be able to rent space in that in of in people's minds. So the brain cannot tell the difference between spending 10 hours with you in person, Laura, or 10 hours watching you through content. That's why when I'm reaching out to Spotify, there's already a Optus, Telstra, and Mod- Vodafone option there of default to choose an artist because I've clocked up the hours of them. That's simply yeah. it. But most p- businesses and personal brands, they don't even have, my question to them is, do you even have enough content to accumulate 10 hours yeah. for people to actually build that trust with you? So it is a bit, that's humanizing the touch points again. Mm. And you're right with finding your story and getting it out there, that's, for me my the thing that really accelerated my growth to your to your point and your question was when i started a podcast it was really great so at the time i was building an audience which i was confusing everybody i was i was the general store of personal branding when i was in my mid like 20s i was a musician i was speaking to kids i was a celebrant on the weekend i all of which i was earning great money from by the way i was like everything i was doing and publicizing I was earning cash from but yeah. I was confusing everyone, and when you confuse, mm-hmm. you lose. So, like, I wanted to recognize that <laughs> a portion. Of my audience was here and in here like a pie chart. So, I wanted yeah. to. I need to get clear on my goals, and my goal mm-hmm. was: I want to tap into corporate. I want to go and hang with the big dogs. I want to be more of a BMW as a brand versus a a, a, a one of the other brands, right? Yeah. So I want to be high ticket, and I know I have to work for it, and I have to earn it. Because not everyone deserves equal rewards. I believe this: that society should celebrate and reward those who rise above the average and push the boundaries, to achieving greatness. Mm. Like, I don't think this is illusion of universal deservingness of outcomes is is true. I think people deserve things. Deservingness should be reserved for people who prove they are committed to excellence. Right. So mm. I knew I had to earn it. So a podcast yeah. was the vehicle to which I could. Credibility through association. I could uh, meet new people. So I had a clear goal with my podcast: is to meet as many high-profile and successful people, just to learn from them and to be able to tap into a new network from Newcastle. And it was a success. I had Mark boris on the show. I had Janine Alice on the show. I had Guy Sebastian on the show. I used my marketing brain from getting gigs many years ago, the same way to get guests on my show before it was before everyone had a podcast. (laughs) Everyone's got a podcast now. But still, that was the goal. It wasn't to get money from it. It was to tap into a new brand and and build relationships.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. And so talk to us about how you identified, because I think for a lot of people when they start out, when they start a creative business, like let's say you're a copywriter and that is your trade and so that is what you're technically good at and then you having to figure out, you know, and the people that I work with, they're like, Oh, i got to figure out all this stuff about running a business, marketing business. How do I sell? How do I deliver? How do I onboard clients? How do I deal with complaints? All of these things that, you know, being a copywriter is like 10% of the job. How did you kind of work out, okay, this is my skill set, but these are the things that I'm going to amplify in my marketing. This is how I'm going to, because like, obviously you're, you're good at marketing, but how did you identify these are my core pillars like these are my core things that i'm going to touch on that i'm going to become known for when you have skills in so many areas how did you kind of whittle that down to all right i'm going to become known for this
1: yeah there's a couple of things with that one is i need to look at what i'm credible in so i have Mm -hmm. a formula which i i audit myself with and i audit others with is are you relevant and are you credible and they're different things you can be relevant but not credible in what you do you can talk about all the latest trends and all the you could be on math show on channel nine or whatever you can be relevant for yeah. a time and talk about what's going on but not respected or credible you haven't built anything to be able to to earn the right to say um listen to me i'm the authority here but relevance is great because relevance by itself means you're wanted that means you're front of mind that means you're out there but you can relevance gets your gigs and you can live gig to gig with it but credibility is something that you can honestly say, I've built something. I deserve this. I'm not entitled to it. I deserve these achievements I have. It's not demanded. You can't demand credibility. You have to earn it, and no one can take that away. That's why the people who are in the media, who are credible, who have been around for years, some people might ageisms or a thing where it's like, oh, they're old and they've been – like no, no one can take away what they've built. So if you've got yeah. both – And we've both got to work on it. We have to maintain relevance and credibility Mm. um, in order to be marketable, right? So if you have relevance and credibility in the circle, in the middle, you're marketable. And when you're choosing what niche you need to choose or what niche you have, you need to look at, well, what runs do I have on the board on the credibility side that enables me to speak really with a lot of weight about this problem? Or with relevance, um, what unique perspective or opinions do I have to be able to gather an audience around? What bad ideas exist out there that I need to correct? Like bad copywriting, like um, yeah. websites that don't sell. All this stuff like people throw money away on their websites because one, they look at their competitor's website and be like, "I want a cheap copy of that. Just change the copy. Just change. you might as well just have the same yeah. thing. You swap out the logos. That's what people do." <laughs> so yep. as a copywriter, you want to correct. Course, there's a villain and there's a hero, right? And you want to be mm-hmm. able to say, "This is costing my my person who I'm looking to work with money." in time and, and their reputation. So that's what really people care about. If you're on a B2B service, you've got to be thinking not about yourself. That's the worst mistake you could ever make. Because you're just looking in the mirror thinking about how good am I? How you're going to get insecure, right? You're going to you're focusing on the wrong. area. You need to look at uh, without saying too cliche, look at your client and be like, well what do they really want? You know and what yeah. they really want is to survive or succeed. And why are they succeeding? Well, because Here's the problems with copywriting. Here's the problem with the digital marketing ads. Here's the problem with this, and here's the problem with that. Problems, promise, and process. You got to have a problem that you got to solve, a promise that you can offer to guarantee, and a process to get them there. And that's yeah. a good place to start.
0: That's so so good. There. Oh my gosh, there's so much gold in that. So okay, let's just say someone listening is like, okay, like. Matt and Laura, you're kind of happy being in front of ca- the camera. You don't mind showing up online, showing your face. What about someone who feels resistance towards doing that? How do we kind of get started? And and like you said, how do we dip our toe into that relevance and credibility space like as a mm. personal brand if we feel shy?
1: No, there's I've got five P's. The first P you've got to start with is your pitch. Just work on your message. Work on – Pen to paper, voice memo to your phone on um, what you're about, You know mm-hmm. your story. Do a timeline exercise on like what you did to me in this interview, like what pivotal moments happened in your life that got you to where you are, yeah. uh, why you care about doing what you do, even about your childhood, what did your father do, your mother do, um, what, how did that affect you. So the personal brand is that we're personal, it's 50% of that whole phrase. So yeah. you've got to look at yourself first. And go okay. Th- get my story, and then have I got all these? I visualized things. I put my story on cards, like in like Trello mm. cards or something like that, and I can shift it around. And be like, how does I fit my marketplace? So every story needs a point, and every point needs a story. Or you're just like someone with the Alzheimer's who just tells a story with no points. Like, what did you tell me that, Grandma? You just wasted my time. Anyway, <laughs> um, so true story. So start with your pitch. So your pitch yeah. has to. You have to have a real clear message on why you exist and what problem you're solving and obviously like um, what heaven and hell looks like for your client. There has to be something at stake for your client to to not work with you and go through your process. So if they don't work with Q Media, my agency, if they don't work with my process here, the consequence is you're going to be invisible and other people are going to be chosen above you and you're the right choice. You're a great candidate. So that's part of my pitch. And that's where yep. you know you got the content down. Then. then you move on to publishing. And publishing is where you dip your toe in things you can start if you're shy on camera. I mean, you there's so many other ways to be able to publish. You can you can blog write, you can write great great carousels, you can do a whole bunch of things that are written. But mm. I think there are rewards reserved for people who show up on camera. Yeah. Like you can't I, I just have not been shown any proof or evidence um, where you've got to the top of the whole tree without seeing anyone's face or hearing their voice like you yeah, can't I agree. A, a long-term relationship with somebody overseas without seeing you face to face it's just it, it, it it's like I can't the saying in the brain is like I don't believe you yet I need to hear yeah. your voice I need to hear the conviction so mm-hmm. that's a whole thing in itself so we do a little bit of media training where we help people practically think how, how do I not lose my mind when I'm on camera what do I do with my hands yeah. Um, yeah that's my voice down <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> so they're the two there's two out of the five p's that we mm. should start if you want to dip your toe in
0: yeah oh that's so good so pitch and publishing and so then we do have do you want to share the other the other three sure
1: yeah so you got pitch <laughs> you got publishing because it's like oh you've shared two out of Fire! That's really annoying. Yeah, no, there's Matt. An, okay, an open sorry. loop <laughs>
0: there, Matt. I love that though.
1: <laughs> yeah, close a circle, Matt. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, you have to come back for part two. See you later. Yeah, no, totally. um, pitch, publishing. So, what does publishing do? Publishing is the input. Audience is the output. So, in order to get an audience, you need to publish. It's very mm-hmm. simple. Then you need a You need to productize. So that can mm-hmm. be a free lead gen magnet. That could be something that invites that audience you've built through content through publishing out of the third-party platforms and into your own space. So it's a, it's a service offering. So this is where you start monetizing your personal brand or Love. getting you prepared for that. So that's productizing. Then you need to build your profile. That's the fourth P. Profile makes you an authority that gives the brain just a little bit more bias to to choose your voice over everyone else's. It's like Laura talks about this with marketing. She says so. <laughs> that's it. Right. That's what yeah. profile can do. And the fifth one is partnerships, and this is the aim of the game. Uh, this is the best analogy I've ever heard. I can ever come up with, with what personal branding can do. The Eiffel Tower earns about 84 million pounds a year from ticket sales. It's pretty good business, right? But it's there's, right. there's not an Amazon, it's not an Apple, but it's pretty good. It's not valuable because of the ticket sales. It's valuable because it attracts 4 million people to Paris a year. Who benefits from that? The partnerships. The hotels the restaurants the museums so personal branding in my view is like being the eiffel tower you attract attention and attendance to you but in partnerships which is the fifth p all your like my businesses I have several so they my personal brand if i benefit my businesses benefit richard branson virgin uh yeah. what's he called conor mcgregor and his brand kim k and her brand eiffel Towers drive a traffic to themselves, and the partnerships benefit from that. So that's the potential of a personal brand if you go through the five Ps.
0: That is so good because I – and I think sometimes – and, you know, for me, I feel like I've got four of those, but the partnerships piece I don't – I haven't tapped into yet, and that is so powerful to think – I think sometimes we can discount our value and think, oh, I'll I'll just refer people to them because I like them. But actually that's such a value because of the trust and the hours and the breadth of time that we spend with our audience, that gives immediate credibility to the brands that that we recommend or that we partner with. So that is just so powerful to think about it that way.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that for that reason. That's why personal branding is so powerful for an entrepreneur or founder. For me practically, like I've got businesses that are service-based businesses that I refer business to them because of the personal brand. So if I, I mean, I can't imagine, and your brain would be biased. Like if a celebrity open open like some hair salon place, like a famous actress opened a hair salon yeah. place near Bondi or Darlinghurst, even you'd be you'd te- you'd be te- you'd be tempted to go down there, even if you know you're not there. They're not there because it's their salon. It's their. Fame. So that trust gets transferred. So it's it's playing real life monopoly in real life, and it's in its impact as well. So like, but yeah. I gotta encourage people like it. The people who have a really good personal brand, you don't compare yourself to. It's the old cliche of they might have been on the runway ten years ahead of you. Mm. So this is really about. I'm really obsessed around this idea, and it's a bit controversial, <laughs> Laura, about deservingness. You don't yeah. rock up to the bank and say, "I want ten grand, give it to me because I need it." They say, "Do you qualify?" There are some rewards that the rewards, you have to qualify in order to deserve it. And I think yeah. if we have to debunk the myth of entitlement here, it's not the same as entitlement. It's deservingness isn't about what you think you deserve. It's about what you've earned. Success should be reserved for those who have truly worked for it, not who demand it. And yeah. I think when you get to that point of P or you've built that up, you've bloody earned that, Laura. Like we've bloody yeah. earned it. And anyone who's on that yeah. path, no one can take that away from you. So in a world obsessed with fairness, we forget that deservingness is – inherently unfair in a way, but it rewards Mm. those who go above and beyond.
0: Yeah, and I like the idea of, you know, a lot of people say, you know, charge what you're worth and know your worth. And I'm always like, no, your worth has nothing to do with it. Like your worth as a human has nothing to do with what you charge. Mm. Your commercial value, what are people willing to pay? Like mm. what is the problem that you're solving? Does it does it cost them to not work with you? So mm. I I get so frustrated when I hear people say, you know, it's just about, you know, knowing your worth. I'm like, no, you have so much worth just as a human. Like I, I believe that you have inherent value as a human. Everyone has inherent value as a human. But in business, we need to think about what is my commercial value because yep. there has to be a return on investment. So I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I think the distinction of worth and value, they're a little different. And like you were saying, deservingness and, and entitlement, they're, they're different. And I think that's like such a, a good thing for us to think about. And I reckon most of my audience err on the side of undervaluing what they do and, and not recognizing that they've built an asset that, you know, if they got through those five P's, like you were saying, they could get to the partnerships level where they're really, as you say, transferring trust to other brands. So I think that whatever end of the spectrum you sit, whether you feel like you lack the confidence or whether maybe you, um, there's this, I forget who it is, I think it might be called the Kruger effect, where if you haven't done something, you, you're you way too optimistic on how easy it's going to be.
1: The Dunning-Kruger so, effect, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. And so, it's like, I think we can sit on either end of that spectrum and, and we kind of need to go through that process. Have I built a profile? Have I got proof that what I do gets people results and, and people can see a return on investment?
1: That's right, yeah. The more you profile, like if you go through those P's and you mm. end up being credible and you've earned it, then when you're at that partnership level, people want your mind. But you can sell, start selling your thinking rather than your product. Uh, you can start th- selling that. your blueprint. And if you've had some success, which you've definitely earned, then if you offered a product or a service or a talk or a workshop on, here's my blueprint for to get the here to here or here's how to help the helpers or teach the teachers – that's where you have fun up the top. I think that's ascension or or, because a lot of us, I don't like retirement, the idea of retirement with the cliche playing golf and stuff. I think golf sucks to be honest. I think it's boring. (laughs) But um, Anyway, each to their own. Um, But I think just being bored and playing games, I love the idea of, everyone would love the idea of just feeling useful and Mm. what better way to feel useful than to pass on what you've learned. But some people, I gotta say, some people are passing on what they've learned. Maybe it doesn't carry as much weight as other people because you're still on the path. We're all on that path still. But I just gotta yeah. make sure we, there's an Old Testament scripture that says, you shall not bear false witness to your neighbor. Meaning, just, I like the idea of false, of bearing witness. Like, just bear witness to what you've done in your life. You yeah. don't have to yeah. feel pressured to achieve whatever you're comparing yourself to or your, your mentors are. You need to look at my credibility and what I've done, you know, and I can speak true to my story and true to that. And that's where your authority is. At the same time, working toward where am I heading now? And um, that's yeah. really good because I'm heading somewhere, you're heading somewhere, your audience is heading somewhere, uh, but we've achieved something up to now.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point that you're going to feel more confident selling something if you have proof and like, if you've proven not only to others, but to yourself that, and I think Alex hormozy talks about that. He's like, you need to get undeniable proof that you like can get people results in this area. And that's how we, it's kind of like building the, like getting our reps up. And I think a lot of people try to launch courses or they try to become a coach or they try to educate people on stuff that they haven't actually navigated enough Very to be, yeah. to like you say, be credible. And it really irks me when I'm like, you know, it would be like me. I don't work with product businesses because I haven't sold, you know, physical products. I've never run an e-commerce store and I would not feel confident or competent to, yeah, some of my principles could probably work, but I wouldn't feel like sincerely it would be in alignment and it would be, uh, I don't know if it would have integrity for me to be like, I can help you but grow that's, your.
1: That's perfect example, Laura, of being, bearing witness to what yeah. you've done and, staying, yeah. and acknowledging your credibility in, in, in what you feel like you have done and you can deliver. And that helps your niche because it's like, well, that's one side of product businesses. You want to find a coach that can help you market in product yeah. businesses. I'm not the, i'm not the person <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, you got totally. so that helps you with your messaging so much more it's like working at, walking in mcdonald's and asking for jeans it's like oh we don't sell jeans to so go somewhere else it's like very yeah. liberating when you can just be that clear so that's totally a great example
0: yeah and then and then it feels like for me you know when i doubled down on hey i work with creative service providers so i work with photographers uh, graphic designers web designers interior designers like people in a creative space who provide a service. And once I doubled down on that, I was like, I can speak to that all day and I can confidently say, I have done that, I've, I've scaled an agency, I've I've set up other businesses that, that kind of run without me. Like this is actually what I feel really like, oh yeah, I can do that all day. And I could walk into someone's creative business and go, yeah, cool, I can help you figure out what's going wrong. But I think it's by by excluding some by saying I don't do product, I don't do brick mm. and mortar. That's not my vibe. Then that's you can't not my be expertise. A
1: store. Yeah, you can't be like a jack of all trades. We still it, but general store is we offer everything here, and then mm-hmm. you have no premium power, right? That's why you can work walk into anything that's more niche. If it's luxury or m- whatever level we're at, we've all experienced this as a consumer. Uh, I think it's a really, really good point, Laura. That's one thing I, I told my team actually just to give you props here that I, I see that it's all in your messaging actually is it absolutely seems honest and has integrity in your message on by being so clear on what you know you can do and where you have acknowledge where you've come, come from and what you've can what you done yourself and help people achieve. It's really clear in your messaging. So it, that's, oh, that's, that's a big prop to you. Because so, a lot of people, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that, Teach people, and I work with them. Like um, they really encourage people to scale, 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 scale. Mm. Growth is good. Growth is a great thing, but there is a difference between blind scaling and sustainable scaling. Yes. Right? And if we're just pushing people to go, you know, you're at six figures, fantastic. But you're not good enough. You're going to get to seven. Or if you're at seven yeah. figures, you're not good enough. You're going to get to eight. You're not. Right? <laughs> like how yeah. many? How often do we find on Forbes? Magazine saying something like, uh, "Here are the top six-figure businesses in Australia. Like, do you know what? If you're in, if you've got five hundred or uh, uh, nine hundred thousand rep, that's a fantastic revenue business. Like, that's yeah. that's really really fantastic. It can sustain your family, few staff members, have some cash in the bank at the end of the year. Like, there is not enough credit to sustainable growth versus yeah. and sustainable success as a concept versus just scaling blindly because." Mm. Every, all all our peanut boys are just like multi multi billionaires, but there's a cost to every bit of success. So any ecosystem, for it to remain healthy, has to be sustainable. And our systems need to be sustainable if we're going to have more input in. Our staff need to be sustainable. So that's the idea I've been mucking around with too is work with people like Laura who who bloody get it. You know, who wants Mm. to, who want to grow sustainably and have done that rather than finding someone who's like someone who's learning on the job (laughs) going, Oh, I just got to say one lesson ahead. Mm, There's a lot of (laughs) them out there. Totally.
0: Um, Okay. I have two more questions for you. And one is a little bit of a tangent, but I really love your take on this. I think there's a misconception that by building a personal brand, we need to share our entire lives and For me, you know, when we rebranded from my company name to just Laura Higgins, I had a lot of resistance because I felt like, oh my gosh, like, do I have to share every single thing that I do? Do I have to share about my beliefs about things? I I feel like sometimes there's a bit of pressure to like bear everything, and I, Mm. I, I, I'm very conscious of. I think it's such a delicate balance of going. I want people to. I want to connect with people, and I want to show up as I am. Like I, I want to be authentic. But I also don't want to overshare. I don't want to feel like I need to talk about the fight I had with Nath, my husband. You know, like I don't want to, that, that's oversharing, right? So you have a take on this and I'd love to know your take on how we can show up as a personal brand strategically and how we can not take the personal part of the personal brand too far.
1: Mm. My question to people is what benefit do you get from posting anything on social media? And that insinuates that there's a benefit we're posting something to strangers about. Mm. I find it personally strange to document my children's life to complete strangers on the internet. I just don't get that. And mm. that irks some people because it's like, oh, that's a direct attack I want to do. I'm just challenging the notion of just have a closed group. There are things that should remain private. You can you can person personal side of it, you can be personal, which shows your personality without jeopardizing your privacy. There are things that – think about this, right? If you treated your own house like a personal brand, just sharing everything, then everyone's a a guest in your house. They just take whatever they bloody want, you know, ruin it. Yeah. Because there's things that you need to protect in your house, people in your house, Mm. possessions, just private things. And you've got to – we've got to acknowledge the idea that there are things that are at risk if you share on the internet to strangers. They don't Mm. benefit your brand. They don't benefit your business. They actually put it at risk so i work with celebrities all the time who have said matt do not have your team share where i'm at at that real life moment if i'm away from my my business because yeah. there are real enemies that will might rob my house right or yeah i don't share my kids because if i have a fallout in business with somebody my they might get to my kids get me through my kids like the higher mm. you go up in personal branding, the more there is at stake. You've got to protect things. So in my answer for myself, and I only speak for myself because that's only fair, mm. I treat my personal brand just for commercial benefit. But yeah. the be- benefit I get is to have commercial benefit for my business. How to become personal in within that and not just be all like a billboard selling things? Yeah. Being personal, there's a lot of freedom in sharing your personality. And I'll... I'll, I'll unpack a few attributes of being personal without sharing re- jeopardizing your private life. To be personal, you can share your opinions about the industry that you're in. That's that's a whole universe in itself. There are trends, there are commentators out there, you can have a you can weigh in on that. You can yeah. talk about how you run certain businesses. You can talk about stories that relate to you overcoming challenges. Think of your personal brand like a movie where movies require hero to be able to go through certain challenges so you need to find what challenges in your timeline did you have to overcome to be able to get where you are what challenges Mm -hmm. do you pain is the pitch i always say pain is the pitch find the pain in your own life that relates to the marketplace to your audience because that keeps it human all right so you can talk about a whole bunch of opinions you can share how to's and tips from your own unique voice having a preference is part of being personal if you don't have a preference then you don't have an identity. Like I'll yeah. ask you a simple question. Like, um, What music do you like, Laura?
0: Oh, my gosh. I like so much. I like Casey Mills Graves. She's probably my favorite.
1: See, that's very specific. Casey, do you mm. know what some people say? They say everything. I'm like, that's nothing. You like nothing then yeah. because then it's like, do you like country <laughs> music? Like, oh, no, but you said you like everything. Oh, I like what food do you like? Oh, I like everything. So you like seafood or not really. It's like you just said you liked everything. So you've got to have a preference to be personal. And naturally, yeah. that's going to divide and attract some people, which is great. Yes. So I sometimes get asked, oh, naturally, if I take a stand on this, I'm fearing some backlash on people who don't. You're naturally going to do that just by walking out of your house. Your face is going to yeah. offend somebody.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> your car's going <laughs> to offend somebody. Like yeah. it's just Especially if you're – um. but you need to make sure that it's about the cause, not the applause, in my view. You've got to have yeah. something – that ascends yourself. So personal, share your preferences that relate to, you, even stuff that's just interest-based. You can share your interests as a personal brand. Like I still share that I play guitar. I still share, but you know what's funny? Yeah. I can share those things and some people be like, oh, Matt likes guitar. Matt doesn't like certain things. Matt's again, like he has a stance against sharing your kids on the internet, etc." Yeah. But they don't know me still. So i am still got my private life all locked up, but I'm giving them attributes of me which i curated, because curation is king. Curation yeah. is what we do with our resumes. Curation is you don't put bloody, I went to, uh, had Japanese last night on your resume. Why would you do that? It's <laughs> random. So That's you curate sad. your resume all the time. So why shouldn't you yeah. curate your personal brand? Because on your resume, you need to put the best message forward and put yourself in the best light forward in order to get yeah. um, trust and that's oh, a simple little a, rant for you.
0: No, I I almost. love that. And and I think for anyone listening, I guess the the kind of idea of this is always asking the question like why am I posting this? Why am I sharing this? And if what you are sharing, like if you're sharing your kids is like, no, this is what people connect to me on. Like like one of my mm. friends, she has a huge following and she shares her kids all the time because it totally relates mm. to her offer because she helps People like figure out how to like feed their kids once they stop breastfeeding. (laughs) Her name is Boob to Food. (laughs) I just feel like I had to, I was like, I'm saying the name without saying the name. Um, But you know, that makes so much sense for her. And this is not a dig at like, if you do that and that that's in alignment, a hundred percent go for it. But I think a lot of people feel like they need to share all this stuff and they, they, it doesn't feel necessarily right for them. And so then they're stuck and they're like, I don't know what to do and I don't know where to go from here. And so I just want to encourage you, you do not need to overshare. You don't need to, yeah, I just don't want anyone to feel pressure to do that because I think you can have a really compelling, like Matt was saying, a really compelling personal brand without oversharing or overstepping a boundary that you have for yourself. And only you can figure out what those boundaries are.
1: Yep, for sure. That's well said.
0: Oh, this is so good. This is just so, I I love talking with you about this because I think it's just so helpful for people who are now more than ever going, I need to show up as myself. I need to show up in a more personal, relatable um, way, but I want this to be sustainable for me. I think this is just such a timely um, conversation, Matt. So thank you so much. One final question I have for you. Yeah. Where do you see the future of personal brands? If you think about social media, if you think about AI, if you think about all this stuff, where do you see personal brands going in the next few years?
1: Yeah. I think there was a great episode of Black Mirror I saw recently about um, this is a killer episode that AI using the rights of Salma Hammock as an actress, her face. Yeah. As an AI actress for a everyday everyday person who signed up to Netflix, so to speak, where they're making movies based on their customers' lives, but the customers gave away the rights to Netflix to use them as a as a case study, as a as content, and using real life <laughs> copyright of actors. Wow. I really think that's a crazy, crazy thing. But i head- I think we're heading that way. We've got um, face recognition, voice recognition, cloning. I think there's a lot of incredible opportunities a real new marketplace where you can actually um it's a bit futuristic talking but you could license your face license wow. your voice license your ip we license our ip all the time if you've got a, a framework that works uh, mm. but i think that's where the future is going think about it it's getting so deep fakes it's getting so realistic um that's yeah. that's a strange thing but i think it is for professionals and for business owners, I think for the next two years at least with the economy and with the unemployment about to rise, there's going to be some tough times. When tough times come, leadership is needed. So I think mm-hmm. there's a really good opportunity, still a little bit of a runway for people to get their personal branding skills up to scratch because people are going to be wondering, where do I find a job? Why should I work with you? What should I do in this situation? Customers need leadership. They need someone to articulate the, the, what they're going through better than the government does. I think yeah. we can't rely on just the big government and tell us what to do. That's where I think entrepreneurs can use business, their businesses to actually really help communities. So, personal branding requires you to be a spokesperson for your people and to be able to guide them out of that problem into a process, to a promise, like I talked about before. Mm. So, get good at talking. Like, I mean, God, talking is a physical exercise. Talking, you can't just think your way to be a good speaker. You have to put pressure on you. I just did a TED Talk and and recently spoke on stage to 6,000 people. And I talked about this on camera about how a lot of people fail to get good at talking on camera because they don't simulate a time pressure on themselves. So um, doing a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live is a great little candidate, great little thing because there's pressure on you. You've got to do that. So the best leaders out there are good at talking or good at articulating through words and explaining where people are Mm. at. So I encourage everyone right now, if you are an expert or you're wanting to be an expert, there is an opportunity right now when crisis has come for you to really rise because some people will be so inward focused on surviving. This is where you can be ready with your skills to commentate and give a solution. So if it's a service or a product or a a course or a, a group even, which is quite about gathering people together in crisis is great and yeah. giving, them, giving them hope. I think if you could do that um, in the next two years, we're going to see a whole bunch of new micro celebrities. I'll quickly share the, the five levels of, of, of personal branding here too. There's, there's yes, um, in-house expert. In-house expert is someone that is just known in the organization. They could be very good, very nice, very competent, but they're relatively unknown outside of that business. Then you go to local hero. So that might be Lake Macquarie. From where we're from. <laughs> you're the late Macquarie, excellent award person. So you're known locally, that's great. And then there's regional leader. So regional leaders is Sydney or, or New South Wales, someone who's got a lot of respect. They're starting to pull clients yeah. because of their name for that area. And then you've got micro celebrity, which is fourth on the fifth five levels. Micro celebrity is someone who is very, very well known in a niche. So it could be yourself for, for business for business marketing, for coaching. It could be yeah. Taki Moore. It could be the Jack Talosers who we're friends with. It could be a whole bunch of people who are known yeah. only in that. Yeah. And then at the top of the heap is your household name. So you've got your Gordon Ramsay's mm. and all that. Yeah. So I see there's going to be a lot of great opportunity if people do what I said to become micro-celebrities on the internet yeah. because that problem just amplifies and rewards people who speak up.
0: Oh, it's so, so good. Matt, you've got so many pearls of wisdom. Where can people connect with you? I know that you have some awesome resources. Where can people connect with you and learn more about what you're doing at Q Media and all of the other things you're doing?
1: Yeah, Q Media. Uh, just head to Kyu Media. That's how we spell it. That's my middle name in Korean. So uh, those who I are like listening that. on audio, you're probably thinking Korean. What the hell? Like, yeah, I don't sound Korean. <laughs> i have got hard- <laughs> hardware's Korean, software's Aussie. And um, so KYU Media and Matt Purcell Official on Instagram particularly, um, you can see a whole bunch of free content. And I've got plenty of events coming up this year for media training. And um, we're pretty – we do have applications for personal branding clients. like We usually work with founders and and celeb types. Love it. But we'd love to talk to you and, and get you on the list and help you out where we can
0: so good and that media training looks amazing i've been thinking about doing that too so i'm definitely gonna talk to you about that matt um matt love your work thank you so much for joining us and for sharing so generously today it's been amazing uh we'll link matt's instagram website all that stuff in the show notes team so if you want to check that out go for it thanks so much for joining us today matt
1: no worries laura talk soon
0: Well, isn't he incredible? We've popped all of the links in the show notes so you can check those out. I want to encourage you to check out qmedia.com. That is K-Y-U-media.com. And also check out Matt's Instagram because he shares such incredible content. You're going to love it. Uh, I'm sure that we'll get Matt on the show again soon because I feel like there were so many other ways we could take that conversation. So much more to talk about. I just want to encourage you. Now is not the time to pull back in your marketing and in your branding. Now is the time to lean in. So if you are like, heck yes, I want to really double down on my personal brand and I want to figure out how to market my business really well, how to sell my products, how to create really compelling products, then it might be time for you to join me inside the Next Level Club. We talk a lot about building courses, building your offer. We talk about building a brand that's magnetic. We talk about how to actually market yourself, how to build content that attracts the right people and repels the wrong people. So if that sounds like your kind of party, if you're making 5k a month or more right now, and if you want to scale to 30k months without having a huge team and without the hustle and the grind, then we should talk. So all I want you to do is to go to Laura higgins.com forward slash next dash level and you can actually apply to join me uh, we're taking on new clients very very soon uh, so you can start your application and get the ball rolling so head to laurahiggins.com forward slash next dash level and we can tee up a time to chat it'll be amazing Alrighty, my friend have a wonderful week i will see you back here same time same place next week but in the meantime go get them